Well, good morning and welcome. <laughs> We're continuing our series on welcome, the welcome of God, the welcome of God that we have experienced through his grace and mercy in Jesus and the welcome that he wants us to extend to all people. And today we're looking at hospitality as an everyday way of practicing the welcome of God. But before I start, I want to share this story with you. It's about a woman who was on a train and she used to travel on the train a lot and she was used to it being very overcrowded and there being school kids with their bags and being very noisy. And this day, it was the middle of the day and she was on the train and there was no one else in her carriage. So she was enjoying the quiet of being on the train. At one of the stations, a man got on and he had four children and they ranged between three and 12. And at first they just sat with their father very quietly but as the trip went on, they started to get more and more restless. And it began with the kids just giggling and laughing with each other. But as the time wore on, the kids got more and more boisterous and they started running around the carriage and they were jumping over the seats and they were making lots of noise. And this annoyed the woman. She tried to ignore the noise, but as it continued, she began to get more and more agitated at the rowdiness of the children. And as much as she tried to stay calm, she could feel the anger rising in her. And what annoyed her even more was that the father was just sitting there, oblivious to what the children were doing. She tried to stay calm, but she got more and more angry. And before she knew it, she found that she was yelling at the father. What are you doing? Don't you see what your children are doing? There are other people on the train who should have more respect for them. Why don't you control your children? And she was shaking as she said this. And the father looked up at her as if he'd only just realised that she was there. And he said, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm in a bit of a daze. You see, my wife, their, their mother, she just died. And of course, the woman felt terrible because she hadn't realised what he was going through. She hadn't realised that he was sitting there stuck in his own pain and grief and she was in her, her world, in her understanding of what was happening. And this story speaks to me of hospitality. Now I know that when we think of hospitality we generally think of inviting someone over to come and have lunch or dinner and to share our home and our company with others. And in the Bible, there are lots of examples of this type of hospitality. So at one such dinner in Luke 14, 12, Jesus was at the home of a Pharisee and he said something quite challenging to his host. He said, when you put on a luncheon or a dinner, don't just invite your friends or family or your rich neighbours because they will be able to repay you back. Instead, invite the poor the crippled, the lame, the blind, because God will see your kindness. Now Jesus said this when he was at the home of a Pharisee. 
and a lot of the guests were trying to be the most important person at that dinner party. So Jesus was trying to teach about hospitality, but we can also see in this passage the welcome of God, that that welcome extends to all people, people who in that society were thought to be lesser people. And I want to suggest today that hospitality is much more than inviting someone into your home. I don't want to downplay it at all. It is a powerful way of witnessing to God and sharing what the Lord has given us. But hospitality starts with an attitude. And that attitude comes from experiencing and appreciating the hospitality of God experiencing his love and grace and mercy through Jesus Christ in such a way that it makes us want to share that hospitality with others. There are some interesting facts that have come out of the National Survey of the Life of the Church in Australia, but particularly in relation to how peoples of other faith come to know Jesus as Lord and Saviour. And one of the key things is that people have experienced the love of Jesus not through arguments about religion or arguments about theology, but through the experience of the caring of Christians, of hospitality, of the community of, of Christians and being welcomed into something that is a place where we share what we have with the Lord. So what we do and how we behave, our attitude, it speaks as loudly as our words and sometimes it speaks louder than what we say. So hospitality, it's recognising that Jesus died for everyone, everyone. It's recognising that we as Christians, as people of the church, we do not deserve God's love. We are no better than people who are outside the Christian faith. The only difference is that we have experienced the hospitality of God. We know his love. We know his mercy and his grace and his welcome through Jesus Christ. So this is an attitude. It's a way of being in our very core that is shaped by God's love for us. And it prompts us, it propels us, to share that love with others. So hospitality can be expressed in acts of kindness, in sharing a meal, in meeting someone for coffee, in going for a walk with someone, in phoning or texting or thinking about someone, in praying for someone. It's appreciating others as people who Jesus died for. And Jesus expressed this ultimate form of hospitality in the way he led his life on earth. There are no instances in the Bible where Jesus invited anyone to come to his home. Okay, fair enough, he was travelling around. But just because he didn't have that opportunity, it didn't mean that he didn't show hospitality. In fact, although he was often the guest, in his actions and his words, he became the host so Jesus was often invited into people's homes and there are many examples in the gospel and I just want to go through a few of them. So in Luke 7, 36, 
Jesus was invited into the home of a Pharisee. Now the Pharisees, they were a group of, of people who had studied the Old Testament in a lot of details, probably had more than a Master of Theology, probably had PhDs in lots of things. And they were very devout. They were very committed to serving God. But in doing so, they'd come up with a whole lot of rules and regulations about the way that they had to live. And along the way, they'd lost the compassion and love of God. And so they were often critical of Jesus for not following their rigid way of life. So at this dinner, a woman who was known to the Pharisees as a sinner, she came in with an expensive jar of oil and she anointed Jesus. Now the Pharisee objected, but Jesus used this opportunity to teach them about our response to God. Because when we know we are forgiven so much, then we will be so much more grateful. If we think we simply deserve God's love and we're doing really well, then it won't come out in our gratitude to God, in our attitude to his hospitality and welcome. In Luke 11:37, a Pharisee invited Jesus to dinner and the Pharisee complained because Jesus did not follow the ceremonial way of washing a certain way that the Pharisees expected people to wash before dinner. And so Jesus used this opportunity to teach them about the need for a clean heart, that our motives are the things that pollute us more than the way we go about washing our hands. In Luke 14:1, Jesus was in the home of a Pharisee again, and there was a man who needed healing. But it was the Sabbath, and the Pharisees had forbidden anyone to work. Now Jesus healed the man, and the Pharisees complained that Jesus should not heal on the Sabbath. So Jesus was invited into these situations, and I'm sure the homeowners thought they were the ones who were showing hospitality. But in each of those instances, you can see that it was Jesus who was showing the true hospitality. The guest had become the host. In Mark chapter 2, Jesus dined at Matthew's house. Now Matthew was a tax collector and that was one of the most repulsive occupations that you could have in that day. And he also invited other tax collectors and other sinners to the dinner. So the Pharisees complained that Jesus was eating with sinners. But of course we know that Jesus shared himself with people of all walks of life. And he said, I came to the sick. I didn't come to those who are okay with their own religion. In Luke 19, Jesus went to the home of Zacchaeus, who the people called a notorious sinner. But it was through this encounter that Zacchaeus became an honest man. So we see in all these instances, whether it's with the Pharisees or with sinners, that Jesus is the one who becomes the host because he offers the ultimate gift. He has the most powerful hospitality. He has the gift of eternal life, the gift of a relationship with Father God. In Romans 2.4, 2, Paul comments so clearly about this hospitality. 
this welcome, this kindness, when he says, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? We, as people who know Jesus as Lord and Saviour, we are always in the position of being able to offer hospitality because we know and have experienced the hospitality of God and we have the Spirit of God living in us. So yes, you can invite people into your home to share dinner, but it doesn't have to be then. It can be in any situation that you find yourself in. With any people who you meet, you can offer the hospitality of God by the way that you speak to them, by your deeds, and by a sense of loving them as someone who Jesus died for. Of course, one of the barriers that we encounter in being able to show hospitality is when we hold something against someone, when we judge others, when we forget to forgive, or maybe even when we refuse to forgive. And as people, we're very good at noticing differences between each one of us, young, old, male, female, and all the gender issues, generations X, Y, Z, all the differences in race, culture, of course, with the election campaign, all the differences of opinion over who's the best to lead the country, and differences in our beliefs even between Christians across denominations. It's easy for us to see how different we are from other people. But in the things that really matter, in the things that are really important, we are all the same because we all need a saviour. We all need Jesus. None of us, whether we're male, female, old, young, right, left, whatever, we all need Jesus. And that is the key thing. That is the thing that really matters in life. So I want to finish with this little story. I was at a conference once and the speaker held up a crisp new $100 bill. And he said to the audience, who would like this $100? I'm going to give it to one person in the audience. And of course, everyone wanted the $100 note, so hands were up all over the auditorium. I mean, who wouldn't? Then he took the note and he crumpled it. Now, I know with the new notes, it's a bit hard to do that, but with this note, he crumpled it. And so it didn't quite look as nice and crisp as it was. So he held it up all crumpled and he said, who wants this $100 note? Well, of course, everyone still wanted it. Then he took the note and he had some oil and some dirt and he rubbed the note in the oil and the dirt and he made it really dirty. So now it's dirty and crumpled and he held it up. Who wants the $100 note? Of course, everyone still wants it because no matter how dirty, how crumpled, how messed up that note is, it's still worth $100. Its value has not changed. And the same is true for us. We can make poor decisions. 
We can be in difficult situations and react in ways that we're not proud about. We can do things that we don't think are really honouring of God. But it doesn't change our value to God. We are still worth everything to God. And the same is true for everyone else who doesn't yet know that Jesus is Lord and Saviour. It doesn't matter really what they're doing in their life and how upset it makes us. They are still valued by God. Everyone is so valuable to God that Jesus died for each one of us. His love is unconditional. Yes, he wants us to accept him as Lord and Saviour, but his love isn't dependent on what we do and how we act. He loves us and he wants us to be in relationship with him. And it's the same for everyone who comes into your life. Each one, every person who we meet, sometimes we have good relationships, sometimes we have bad relationships. There may be people in our lives who are hurting us or have hurt us. There may be people in our lives who make us feel worthless. Or maybe there are people who we see as different. But every one of those people is valuable to God. Jesus died for each one, even that one who is our enemy. And so I want to bring God into this talk this morning. I want to give us time to connect with him, to allow him to speak to each one of us in the way that we need. Maybe it is to prompt us, to challenge us in an area of our lives where we're not able to love unconditionally. Maybe it is in an area where we can't show hospitality. So I'm going to lead you through this prayer and there will be times of silence where you can speak to God and God can speak to you. So let's pray. Father, we may have forgotten your incredible hospitality to us. Or maybe, Lord, we've never truly experienced that hospitality. So we come before you and we say, Lord, we need you. We want to love you. We want to know your love in our lives. We want to open our hearts to you as Lord and Saviour. We want to commit our lives to you. And we want to experience that sense of hospitality and welcome from you. Help us, Lord, to know that now. Lord God, we want to confess anything that we are holding against another person, a person for whom you died. We scan through our family, our church family, our friends. Is there anyone, Lord, who we need to forgive?
Lord, we think of people we meet daily at our work, at our studies, at our social events, our neighbours. Is there anyone we need to forgive? Lord, we think of people of different faiths, people of different backgrounds, people who disagree with us. Do we need to confess you, Lord, that we hold anything against them? Lord God, Prompt us this week to notice any attitudes that we hold that are barriers to us showing your hospitality. Jesus, you showed hospitality in the most unwelcoming and critical places. You gave yourself freely for us and for all of those who still do not yet know you as Lord and Saviour. Lord, help us Help us to be hospitable. Help us to share your love and grace and prompt us, Lord, to open our hearts to everyone you died for. And we ask, Lord, that hospitality may become a way of life for us as we treasure and enjoy the hospitality that you have given us. In Jesus' name, amen.